One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them, no stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose, food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Got some texts here about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Don't know why. Uh, Denise says, good morning, Chris, the team. What an interview with Arnie. His three-part documentary was also really insightful and inspirational. His drive, passion, commitment and dedication to maximising life is infectious and heartwarming. We've had enough of that now. <laughs> Thank you. All right, have another We've one. We've got a text here saying, I'm really looking forward to the next interview. I've been waiting a week for Jack Whitehall to come on to the Chris Evans breakfast show, and yeah. it's going to be amazing Said to hear from him. ever. Said uh, Cheryl Tim from Bedfordshire. From Croydon. <laughs> <laughs> Fairfield Halls. Listen, <laughs> one here. This is from June uh, in High Wycombe, and she says, could you maybe stop talking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger interview? It was great, but let's just leave it in the past. It's happened now. Get over it. Vanessa says, I absolutely love the Arnie interview. I lost my husband and best friend two years ago you can't you can't oh, run this one out are you tempted no because uh, you're already swimming against the tide you're in Arnie's chair yeah. you know that uh, I've always tried to be positive taking baby steps forward but find it hard to always be my best self Arnie's philosophy and all the positive guests on your show all of the all guests all of the positive guests yeah including ones to come yes well let's see shall we uh, give me a boost and remind me to live every day in the moment thank you no pressure <laughs> Big intro, please. He's made you laugh on the big screen, on your telly, and you've even laughed with his dad. Now he can make you laugh in person with his Settle Down Tour, which continues in Torquay on Saturday. So let's go Jack to the future with the return of the Jack Whitehall. All right, Jack. Hi, how are you? How's the Arnie chair <laughs> feel? Like, stop calling it the Arnie chair. I've been outside listening to 20 minutes of you talking about how yesterday was the best interview you've ever had and he was the best guest that you've ever had on the show this is a really tough act to follow by miles by miles yeah, you're the one that's got to fo- follow him this is <clears throat> this is harder than when i had to go on the one show and follow an item on spotting the signs of yep. sepsis like <laughs> i've had some hospital passes in my time but having to come on and be the guest after Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean, it feel, you look at you, you still have the glow. Like yesterday, you glow, popped man. your cherry with the love of your life and now you've got this and oh, it's going to be is... loveless and cold and you're just going to have to <laughs> shut your eyes and imagine Arnie's still here. What you're going to experience now is a 10-minute version, if it lasts that long, a 10-minute version, <laughs> right, of, of what it feels like to take over Top Gear from Jeremy Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> But without the bloodshed. (laughs) Literally. Jack, it's the new all soft, smiley Jack Whitehall. Why might that be, I wonder? Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've had a I've had a baby. 
that's that's happened yeah. since I saw you Was last. Was your partner at all? Yes, no, she did a lot. She did a lot of the heavy lifting, and the, and when push came to shove, she yeah. was very involved. And and then yeah, I've been just there in the sort of background. I think it's hilarious that you, you've fatherhood has caused you to cry at tipping point before the birth. I know, I know. That was that was that was that was a moment. <laughs> Take so that. so sensitive, and I and I cry at everything like weddings, funerals. But then I was watching this episode of Tipping Point, and I think I was just really highly emotionally strong. And there was a woman, and she wanted to win the money to get an airfare to go see her sister in New Zealand. And then the Jack Point counter dropped, and I was like, Gaza in Italia ninety. I was just in floods of tears. I was like, if I cry at this, and I don't cry at the birth of my daughter, then I'm an absolute monster. Yeah. But I, I had nothing to worry about. I was. So it's all right. Mess. It's all all right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, nobody tells you what it's like to be a mum or a dad, or anywhere in between, uh, in any way that comes close to what it actually feels like. Yeah, no, that's true. And there's like, there's no middle ground really. I think with parents, like, if you ask them about it, you have the the parents that are like, oh my god, you have to do this, and it's the best thing ever. And then you have the parents that are like Vietnam War veterans that are like, <laughs> don't do it, man, you weren't there. And so there's nothing in between. And I feel like I, on a daily basis, flip between both of those things. I'm like, oh my god, it's incredible, and I'm like, oh my god, when can they go to a boarding school? <laughs> How long do I have to wait? I wonder where that comes from. You have one of the most famous dads in the UK. Um, and also your mum's quite famous too because yeah. of uh, their podcast now, yeah. which is great. I, I listened to them both talking on the Dish podcast. It was hilarious. Uh, yeah, funny it? on that. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, parenting tips from your dad, from your mum. Uh, my my mum was amazing and she is amazing she was a doula so she knows loads about this kind of stuff and she's been very like hands on and is very helpful and has so much advice on every like detail of like being what, a parent like she, she knows about like all of the you know breastfeeding stuff and breast pumps and pads and nipple shields and all of that gubbins like yeah. she's you know very clued up my dad is a little bit more hands off and a little his bit main, more hands His off. main piece of advice <laughs> yeah. was just telling the me not to stand school. at the business end of things when the delivery yeah. was happening. I was like, it's fine. She's coming out the sunroof. It's, you know, not even a discussion that we have to have. And he wanted to have a discussion at length about what his experience was like when I arrived <laughs> coming out of my mother with the oh. full jazz hands. As yeah. Oh, my goodness me. Um, no, no, let's just leave that. No, I, no, Hopefully they didn't not, talk about not. that on the Dish podcast. And, of course, this has happened in the middle of a tour. I know. Um, so, so how is it a affected the set how was the set beforehand i know that you know you say you're you're, you're getting older you're you're hurtling towards midlife you're 35 i mean the the only thing i would say about any of this is is as you get older the one thing you don't want to say out loud is well obviously i'm getting older and not because you're not no, yeah. chronologically getting older just because people who are a bit older than you thinking you have no idea I people know. who are a lot older than you thinking you really have no idea you know i say i say on the radio i say you know i'm in my 50s now you know i'm getting old people going Hang on a minute. We've been, yeah. we, 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 my favourite band's ACDC and I'm 74. Because that's <laughs> the way it is. You know? Yeah, you can't say that as a as a person of my age. I'm I'm aware of that. And I so I am very, and, and I feel it. If I ever mention it on stage, you feel everyone's buttocks clenching. Honestly. The, you know, how dare you? Is it their buttocks or their you? fists? It's their fists. Or both. <laughs> their teeth gritting. Should, no, it's your buttocks and their fists. My buttocks and their fists. Your balls, your buttocks and their fists. <laughs> Um, but I actually listen, and I don't want to bring it. I'm bringing it back to him. I listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger 
on another radio interview, I think he was talking to Howard Stern, um, and he was saying about um, the physical deterioration as you get older. He said how much harder it is for him yeah. because he was like an Adonis yes. and he had the most incredible body ever, and yes. then deteriorating is really difficult. And he said it's so much easier if you never look like that because you know the fall is much like shorter and i was like that is very inspiring and it's the reason why i should never go to the gym because if it just stays like this <laughs> such a white then hole. i'm never it's such a white I've hole take on things to lose <laughs> yeah the de- uh, you said the deteriorating gets um uh, harder but i thought you said decorating no um, <laughs> but that's because you've been gigging that's because i've been gigging how was croydon croydon was good um and i yeah i enjoyed croydon <laughs> <laughs> what, can I, what can you say about Croydon? It's the third time I've been to Croydon on this tour. Yeah. Uh, is so, it really? Yeah, it's wonderful. I just can't get okay. enough of Croydon. So I know that the set has changed. I don't know if it's a softer set or not. I don't no. know. I suspect it probably is, um, whatever that this means. This is me crying in the middle of routines now. Do you, uh, do you talk about crying? <laughs> I, I talk a little bit about crying. I talk a little bit about the baby. I get, I get a little bit more emotional yeah. when I'm on the stage now. Do you, find, do. do you find the audience has changed at all? Yeah, I think they're growing up with me. I think I got a lot of audience members that were probably, you know, Same younger journey. and student students when I first started, and now they're maybe at a similar period of their lives, which is quite nice because which you know, is handy to and yeah. also, um, I suppose, uh, more easy to connect with, vice versa. Definitely. Do you find the demographic changing? You're not as sorry. The question was uh, a bit clumsy because I didn't mean are they changing as characters? Do you see maybe more? women come in because you're heading towards fatherhood you're talking about relationships more do you have a more of a different demographic as well as a different type of audience yeah i think so i definitely have um a few more family uh, you know like a more family crowd i think than i used to and then also the other weird thing is because i do all this stuff with my dad there's definitely like a, a smaller section of the audience that is maybe a little bit more of the I'm going to put this delicately. Senior? The sketches wearing community, I would describe right, them right. as. Like, yeah, some some more like fans of his that maybe, you know, listen to the, the Dish podcast and then want to come along and uh, curious to see what uh, their son is all about. And so and it's funny that kind of audience as well. In your mind, is funny always funny? Or because, I mean, you you are really edgy, you're really unpredictable, you're quite dangerous, which I love. You're even dangerous on this show, you know, and this show is pretty, pretty sort of um, fearless as far as that's concerned. But do you find that this comedy, because it's going to be softer, it's going to be more sensitive, it's going to be more human, if you like, and it's going to be off spirit and sp- more spiritual as well. Mm. Will it just be? Is it? Is it landing as funny? Is it? Well, actually, weirdly, the the the, tr- the thing that's been really hard is to embrace that and to accept that there are going to Surrender be some routines, it. yeah, where it's not going to be like a punchline every you know thirty seconds. And I find that really difficult because when I'm on stage, I'm just like, oh, I need a laugh, I need a laugh, I need a laugh. I'm <laughs> so <me>. uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. in any moment of silence or any like contemplative like thought or trying to speak from my heart in right. any way. So that's the bit that I really struggle with, and I love when I force myself to do it, and I think the audience appreciate it as well because. I think you want that balance when you go and see a comedian on stage you want to know a little bit about them and you don't necessarily just want joke 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 yeah, joke yeah, so totally. that's been a bit of a journey to sort of get there well I, to be honest I don't think I mean you need to be funny because they've gone for a, I suppose they've gone out for a few laughs but they're not counting the jokes yeah. they just want to be with you because they love Jack Whitehall's story and they they love your journey and they've been with you I, you know newer fans maybe not so long but probably for a long time and they just want to see what they literally want to see what you're up to I yeah. suppose I mean you know is there an argument for you don't have to make them laugh at all just just spend 90 minutes with them you know waxing lyrical uh, <laughs> 
but but you know, having done the heavy lifting of the yeah, writing, yeah. there is a there is a, a a rationale behind that. Yeah, and there's definitely moments when you're like working on routines, and you, you're you know if you're talking about something that's a little bit more personal, and you're it doing quiet. it for the first time, and it goes quiet, and then you realise you've just turned it into therapy, and you haven't worked out like where the laughs are and how you can like give it enough levity for it to feel like a stand-up routine. And yeah. You definitely have to go through that process as well of doing these gigs where you're doing like 20 minutes and you're like there was definitely not enough jokes in that that was that was not um like comedy per se that yeah. was more just like someone working through their emotions on stage no but yeah paid I get someone to mean. do it for is an that, hour in a maybe the title settle down is it's it's all part of the same narrative yeah. isn't it? yeah yeah i'm making it sound like a really like um unfunny show no, I, I, don't, I, uh-huh. I, I wouldn't go and see this i think you're no, I, th- I think i think you're wrong We've I, had a text from uh, <laughs> Denise in Croydon who said back. actually it was really funny and I like the sentimental moments where Jack talks but from I his heart but people, it's good that he has jokes as well. You know, P.S. The Arnold Schwarzenegger interview was great and much better than this. Off the chain. <laughs> Definitely more clippable, to be honest. Um, I did his um, workout routine this morning because obviously I listened to the interview yesterday and I was like, it's very inspiring. He gets up at 5am, has yeah. a coffee, feeds yeah. the animals, the yeah. dog, the... Uh, the donkey, the horse, the pig. He gets on his bike. He rides for half an hour. He goes to the gym and then he does a 45-minute workout. So I was like, great, I'll do that this morning. I got up at five. I had the coffee, fed the dog. It took me so long to find a pig, a donkey, (laughs) and a horse in Notting Hill that I only had five minutes left in the gym. But I was very inspired. There's a joke for you, see? There is a joke. That's a good joke, by the way. Clip that up. The point about You'll it We'll be talking is, about that in a week's time. The point about you saying, well, you know, it is a really funny show. You've got to understand it is funny. Is that all those people have already bought tickets. Yeah. It's the it's this other message. Honestly, it's this yeah, other yeah. Uh, rainbow or moonbow you want to get out there. I, yeah. Because I know you really, not really well. No, you're quite no, well, yeah, well, well. You know, and um, I know, I lo- you know, there's this huge warm side to you that I'm very attracted to. Yeah. And I love that side of you. Oh, thank you. And I just want more and more people to see it. Thank you. And I think, do you know what? Actually, I think doing that show with my dad was the first time that I'd ever really put that on screen. And I found that really interesting that whenever we did that show with my dad, there was always, you know, people that come up and be like, oh, I love that, you know, scene where you got slapped by the woman in Thailand or the funny <laughs> bit with the doll. But the, 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 the bit that really like, you know, moved me was when people would come up and say, oh, I, I love the bit where you opened up to your dad and you had that conversation with him. And I found that really moving. Yeah. And I have a, you know, relationship with my dad where I don't talk to him as much as I should. And, and uh, you know, having those kind of takeaways from a show and something that you've made, I, I found like really rewarding. And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd like to do more of that in my work. So I think now I'm trying to sort of transpose a bit of that to my stand up as well. Well, you know, by the time most people um, realised their dad was right, they had a son who thought they were wrong. Yeah. That's where you are, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, beginning on, well, a daughter in your yeah, case. Yeah, yeah. Beginning on that journey. I'm just so pleased for you. I just, Thank you very much. This, I'm just, honestly, I'm really full of love for you. And I, you know, I'm tearing up. I, just don't, I don't know why I'm tearing up. Just because I think you, I think you're about, I think you've struck gold, you know. Where does your drive come from to, before pre-parenthood yeah from you know obviously your dad and yourself have your own unique relationship as yeah. every child does with every parent be it good or bad or anywhere yeah. in between 
But it doesn't seem to have been traumatic. It doesn't seem to be have been this need for a drive to get on stage and say to sell out arenas. You know, Jack has had a three uh, a, a three times he enjoyed a sell out arena tour, which is no small thing. Not just here, but also in Australia. Uh, you know, on other continents around the world. Where does that need for love come from? From somebody who seems to have had a pretty decent upbringing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think loving, not love, decent, loving, loving yeah. and decent. I mean, I definitely think of like the the stand up thing was was partly to sort of impress my dad because he was a very hard person to sort of you know get the attention of and to to make laugh and to you know to just impress because I think he'd been around a lot of impressive people and he was just a very tough crowd and so you know definitely part of my drive to want to go and do stand up and to try and you know be successful in what I do was to um, you know get his attention and 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 he's still like the hardest person to impress in the room and and I always feel like the biggest glow when you know i've made him proud and so that's definitely like you know i I think part of my drive um and yeah i i I don't know we have this weird relationship because i think sometimes like on screen we give off the the sense that it's like i don't know uh combative and i complain about being sent off to boarding school all the time and i'm always making jokes about him on stage but yeah there is like underlying like a a a great warmth and so so mum as well mum sorted the the mum thing was always all right that was fine you always used to make her laugh she wasn't the she wasn't the sort of no heavy lifting required no, over no, there she, yeah she's always been very very supportive <laughs> <laughs> she's, to you uh, and your dad uh, to me and my dad yeah. i didn't realize she was so much younger than your dad until i heard the dish podcast yeah, yeah it's yeah. amazing yeah. isn't it yes he, he, he often reminds everyone that he quote he always says i took a younger wife he's like let's not use that word um but yeah. there's a yeah, 20 year age gap between them um and, and he he he's he's all right with food. He's not bothered about food. He's quite passive with oh, food. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he has. He, I think he would happily have like a war diet if he if he could and just eat spam for the rest. <laughs> and your of mom his is life. an amazing cook. An amazing cook. Yeah, she's like loves food and uh, so I, I yeah grew up in this household of like complete contradictions and. Isn't yeah. it bizarre that your fame has led to their fame? It's quite. The Nepo parents. Yeah, that's what I call them. Yeah, um, and their podcast. <laughs> Uh, I've only heard a couple of episodes, but it is, again, it's just gold. It seems effortless. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's effortless for them. I find it an effort to listen to sometimes because it's just literally them. And I guess this is this is revenge because I've been telling indiscreet stories about them on stage for years and now they're just airing our dirty laundry on yeah. a podcast yeah, and yeah. every week yeah. like oh, no. I'll get some notification or like oh, um, someone else will Google my name, not me because I would never do that. And uh, there'll be a news story <laughs> because my mum and dad have like talked about some story about how I accidentally left babe station on when i was watching television and living at home and my dad went to put on the test match and all of a sudden there was a woman juggling her breasts around on the screen and i'm like oh i'm a really cool comedian i don't do stuff like my persona doesn't do stuff like that i'm a dad now please stop it uh jack anything you'd like to get out there jackwhitehall.com in the middle of a tour added dates 13 added dates. Yeah. Um, Wembley pres- in December. We come to Wembley. It's going very well. I'd love to come yes, to Wembley. Please come to Wembley. And um, then we can have a merry Christmas drink after the show. It will be. Naughty Santa can visit Naughty again. Santa, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should we get Naughty Santa Naughty Santa can come up on stage. Yeah. Should we write to him, you and I, together? (laughs) Yeah. Shall we do that? Yeah, tell him all of the bad things we've done this year. Yeah, all the bad things. See, because he rewards the naughty you are, this Naughty Santa. That Naughty Santa. (laughs) 
Are you cooking a massive uh, dinner again for your I mates? I will be cooking a dinner again. I hope that you crash my Christmas dinner. That was amazing. Well, I only crashed because I'm never invited. You no. could invite me, then I couldn't crash. I invited you on the show, and then you Did actually you? turned up. It was amazing. Yeah, but, yeah. but you still um, remember it's crashing. No, no, no joyous Which is crashing. In fact, crushing. <laughs> crushing. <laughs> Happy Bring Christmas. Arnold this time. <laughs> Jack, great to see you, man. Yeah, so nice to see you. Thank you very much. Um, right, the tour continues uh, this Sunday at Torquay's Princess Theatre until Thursday, the 21st of December. Um, in between now and then, there is a Croydon residency of 17 <laughs> back-to-back nights. It's a bit like you 2 at Las Vegas, but just different. Um, is that right? <laughs> Why do you do a year in Croydon? A year in Croydon, yeah. And, and there's a film, there's a book... <laughs> my year in Croydon yeah maybe you, you you get let out after nine months for good behaviour or yeah. bad behaviour or something like that that'd be good wouldn't it yeah I'd, god bless the Fairfield Halls god bless the Fairfield Halls alright look at all these sold out dates they're yeah. either sold out or crossed out maybe crossed they've out. just cancelled I think they've just been done those ones <laughs> yeah those those oh. are the ones that have been completed right. but we uh, still the, have to the new them. ones are in blue uh, Colchester Colchester in November two nights there two nights in High Wycombe around the corner from where we are could come there I suppose yeah. uh, December London Brentwood Swansea Wembley and um, all good man all good in the hood I hope I've inspired some people yeah, do you I think don't, I don't, there's no, much I don't think to clip in, up there no, but... there's not much to clip up there <clears throat> Uh, how do we finish that? We'll finish with Arnie in a second. Yeah, I get up in the morning, I feed the animals, and I have, you know, three dogs. I have the two miniature, uh, one miniature pony, and one miniature a donkey, and then I have a pig. You know, so I feed the animals. Then I get on a bike, I ride down to the gym, I work out for 45 minutes, I ride back. So the added dates are to fund the purchase of the pigs and the donkey. Yeah, exactly. So then I can have the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, morning routine every day. Okay. Did you get Arnold doing uh, get your tickets to Jack Whitehall? Uh, yes, uh, but we've lost it. Oh, uh, what? Al in Piddington says, <clears throat> please, please, this is a text this for This is you. an actual text. Yeah. This is genuine text. Yeah. Hi, Chris. Please, 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 before Jack leaves uh, the show today on the air, please, can you get him to say, I'll be Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Al. I'll be Jack. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, this is the Chris Evans Show with Cinch, who don't just offer great quality cars, but also great quality service with a dedicated customer service team available seven days a week. Plus, there's a Cinch app, as if cinch.co.uk isn't enough. You can browse thousands of cars with the app, filter your searches, and buy your next car in just a few taps. The app is on Google Play and App Store. You can search, shop, and pay for your next car all in the Cinch app. It's so easy, it couldn't be easier. And, of course, you get all the same benefits like free home delivery and a 14-day money-back guarantee no questions asked other than where would you like the money sending back try it out download the cinch app today let's have some more right now come on our next guest is both a surefire winner and a bit of a gamble he's the award-winning comedian chart 
top-topping podcaster and infatuated foodie who's just written his first book, Glutton. The multi-course menu of a very greedy boy is out now. So let's cut the preamble and chat to Ed Gamble. Good morning, Ed. Good morning. You've made another mistake. It's the multi-course life of a very greedy boy. I'm not, you know, it's not a Governor-Senate problem, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, can you stop it, please? You're supposed to put them in a better mood. Not like, oh, God, he's got it wrong again, for heaven's sake. And how are you, man? Very well, thank you. You're Thanks in the so Arnie chair. Yes, I'm in the Arnie chair. You, did you guys interview Arnie yesterday? <laughs> no one's told me. It's not. You, you've not mentioned it on air once. No. Every single member of your team hasn't told me that you interviewed Arnie <laughs> yeah, yesterday. We haven't interviewed it. There's nothing on social about it. There's nothing on YouTube about it. Anyway, back to you, Ed Gamble. Please. Ed Gamble Glutton, The Multicourse Life of a Very Greedy Boy. It is a memoir and it isn't a memoir. Discuss. Yes, it's it's not really a memoir because I thought about my life and I was like, maybe not enough has happened in my life yet to do a proper memoir, but I love food and I can connect everything in my life that's happened with food. So it's sort of, a, yeah, it's a it's a memoir, food food memoir. Uh, someone described it as a yumwar the other day. Which oh, I, I like a yumwar. <laughs> yeah, I take det- a yumwar, take it. Well, I detest that phrase. I've you detest it? Yeah, yumwar. What? Yeah, what? It just gross. makes me feel a bit weird. <laughs> I I think you I should it own too. it. Yeah, yumwar. Yumwar. Are we it's going a, with the yumwar? Yeah. It's a bit of a fanwar as well because you're a fan of food. Yeah, it's a fanwar. It's a yum. It's all the what? You yeah. the wars? The arse? <laughs> yumwar is weird. I'm not. No, yeah. I'm I don't like with how yum-war. it comes out. Yeah. it's a bit gummy. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit false teethy. Yumwar. Yumwar. Um, so you talk about. I mean, there's loads of quotes that I pulled out here. Uh, one is, uh, "You will always, um, even though you're thinner now than much than you used to be, you will always have a fat man brain." Absolutely. Tell us about that. Just the way the way I react to food when food's around is always exactly the same as I, I ever reacted to food. I want to eat all of it. I panic when I'm in places that uh, I've not ordered enough and yeah. that I'll never go back to that place, even if it's somewhere that I go regularly. I'm like, I have to order all of it now and eat all of it now. And it's that sort of, that instinct that I always used to have when I was bigger as well. Fat man brain. Yeah, and you you know, the identity of you, various people in various guises in the book, is really great. How you can spot a A, how you can spot a B. Yes. And how you can spot a foodie or a fat man or a fat person's brain at a buffet. Yeah. It's always the hovering. It's the listening. Well, listening with ears, but not with eyes. He does it all the time. It's one of the things I noticed about Vassos. When we went, first ever went out, I thought... He's not listening to me now because we were by a buffet. Oh, yeah. It's very difficult, isn't it? Come close to the microphone, Vassos. Very difficult. If there's a, I mean, is there anything better in the world, Ed, yeah. than a hotel breakfast buffet? Love a hotel breakfast buffet. There's huge mistakes that they can make, though, I think. But I still really like it. Actually, regardless of quality sometimes mm. as well, because it's just all quantity. It's just there for yeah, you. It's just there. You can go as often as you want. Yeah. You can put as much as you want on your you plate. You can ignore as many people who are trying to talk to you as you like over breakfast, over dinner. I glaze yeah. over. I glaze over when you there's a buffet. You have a very similar journey to Ed, don't you? Yeah. Size-wise. Do you want to have a little... And actually, you know, you took up running relatively late. I also took up running relatively yes. late. And I and I did because I noticed a little flop of fat over my belt one day when I was coming back from golf, which is about as much exercise as I ever did. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I have to stop eating everything I like yeah. or start running yeah. or just get fat. And I thought, well, I'll see what running was all the fuss is about. And I actually, I loved it sooner than you did. And I didn't have such a dramatic first is run. Is there a question yeah. at any point here? As you did. 
But you're, you're, you're. It's an interview. This is why I did the Arnie interview. This is why I just did it on my own. You, yeah. Yes. So, do you want to talk about your first run, or do you think that's um, it's not appropriate? It's mostly about you, well, just so you know. But... You said you have a very similar journey to Ed. Yes, yeah, which was a polite way saying, "Can you ask him a question that you can both pertain to?" Well, that's what I was doing. I was in the really? middle, of, middle of that. Okay. It was just, quite a long question. But it was. I felt, I, I felt it was on the way. I thought it was yeah, too. Yeah, yeah thank it you. It was interrupted. I'm not sure there was a question anywhere to be found. <laughs> no, you know better than what I do. What was the question so. again? Do you want to talk about your first run and your journey Is into that starting all the to run? Was? And At also, the end of all that, that was the question. It is a good question, though, because the answer is spectacular. It's a good question. Now we've got it, and it's only 9.37. Back to you. Yes, the first time I ever went for a run, I think my body went into shock because I'd never really exercised properly before and it reacted accordingly <laughs> didn't quite know how to uh there was an event when i went for my first run yeah. uh and uh, i had to go to a, a public convenience and ditch my undergarments and risk many many sort of um embarrassing uh potential embarrassing moments even though you would yeah. already had the ultimate embarrassing moment what you then do is you quantify in your brain well this could be less embarrassing. Not really, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you have to work out what what you're going to do next. It's the... Um... <laughs> yeah, and never go back there again. And never go back Never go back to that place again where you've left, have to discard your... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's difficult to know what to say on the radio, you know. I think people are getting it. Well, we talk about... Look, we talk about wild wees and wild other things because yes. on, as you run more... It usually doesn't happen the first time, mm. does it? it bizarrely, yeah. the more you run, the more it happens because you usually end up running longer. Yes. And then you have gels and things and it yeah. becomes part... I mean, Paul Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah, On telly, course. live yeah, on yeah. telly. And now everybody definitely knows what we're talking about. It's like yeah. a rite of... <laughs> I, did, I did a Radcliffe. <laughs> a rite of passage. A rite of... Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear me. Gosh, Nate, pile in. Oh, my God, I've got so many. Firstly, you say... Um, right, the front cover of the book, you are surrounded by food. Yes. Did you eat any of this then? We had, we, yeah, I did eat some of it, but also we managed to we managed to actually give all of that food away after oh. after we did the well did the shoot as well. Which but, is what, good. but was it hard like having all that food around? Like considering you're saying like you just love like eating. It was it was tricky, and I did have a little bit of it. But after a certain time, when it's all sat there for ages, all the smells mixed together, it was sort it was sort of gross by the uh, by the end. I didn't want any of it because I'd just been looking at it all day. If you put a head in the middle of something for ages, you don't really want to eat it. <laughs> But you do. I mean, you clearly you love your food. But not only do you love your food, because you talk about people who, who see food as fuel, and you yes. come up with other phrases, don't you? Yeah. The, well, the the fuelers and the pill people, the people who say, "Oh, I, 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 if food was a pill, I'd eat it," and I just I can't bear those. But I just don't understand it. I'm sort of jealous of them in a way because yeah. they must get so much more done. I I am jealous of them. Yeah. Because the point is, it's like any addiction, isn't it? It's not about when you're doing it, really. Yeah. Because when you're not doing it, you're just thinking about when you're going to do it next. Exactly, yeah. And then when you've done it, you, you, you're you guilty that you've done it. Sure. And so actually, you might as well be doing it all the time. Because yeah. they talk about it when, um, when people are alcoholic and they give up alcohol, they say you can still have a wet brain. Because mm -hmm. you're just thinking about it all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not dissimilar. Not dissimilar. But yeah, also, food's a tricky one because you do need to have some food. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So you've got to have it. So you may as well make it nice, I think, and just really, really throw yourself into it. But it does it does play on your mind quite a lot. And the most interesting part of your journey is the fact that you have had massive issues with food and mm -hmm. being massive because of food. And that's all in the book. I hope you don't mind me saying yeah, that. Yeah, but no, it's all in there. A yeah, couple yeah, of chapters there, yeah. on it, isn't yeah. there? You, you're diabetic type, type 1 diabetic. Yeah, yeah. 
and now you w- work as a permanent judge on a food yes. show. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 extraordinary if you think about it. Yeah, I think there was there was just a real transformation from uh, how how I treated food. So I used to just like binge eat and eat whatever and the most unhealthy stuff. And then when I when I lost weight, I that's when I got really passionate about food because I started to think about the quality of it and how it's all put together and trying to find the best versions of the food that I like, you know. I still love burgers, but I was like I'm not just going to grab a random burger. I'm going to I'm going to google the best burgers yeah, in London yeah, yeah. and go and work my way through the yeah, list. And, and and become obsessed with it. That Way. yeah absolutely yeah and isn't it interesting about you know that and addictions um i wonder what, if that's what they're a lot of them are about you know yeah. about the fact that i really want to love this but i don't like myself enough to love it um sustainably mm-hmm. but i can't stop my love for it so i'll binge on it yeah, whatever yeah. it may be yeah whether it's food or you know whatever it is you know um and it's a disrespect with you, to yourself, but it's not the fact that you need to stop doing it. You just have to do it in a way that's more palatable and yes. a way that you deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is your passion, isn't it? Yeah. Because in that little list of things, <clears throat> I, I, I missed out off menu, which is your podcast, and you're on tour. So yeah. the, you food everywhere. Food with you. everywhere. It's I've I've made it, you know, a massive part of my career. Right. So what's the, what's <clears throat> the secret? It says in the book. Yeah. What's your secret? Yeah, I got that all the time. Lose when I'd lost weight, but obviously there's no there's no secret. People get really annoyed. It's like it's the thing that everyone says which is i just ate a little bit less and and moved more and people look really disappointed with that so why can't everyone do that because there must be something more because not everybody can do that yeah i mean look everyone's genetics are different as well and people have different opportunities in terms of eating eating better and being able to move more right so i was just very lucky that i was in a position where i could do that um okay here's the thing just press pause for a second. Yeah. If that is the case, and it is the case, because mm. I've read the book yeah. and I believe you, yes. why would you not yes, be telling no the truth? Yes, there's no other secret. Isn't it interesting, though, that there was a point before that where that wasn't your mindset? So, totally. so I suppose the question, the more sort of uh, forensic question is, mm-hmm. what was the what happened that made you able to have one relationship with food that was much more positive, sustainable, healthy, yeah. really healthy yeah. and lucrative in the end yeah, yeah. from one that was completely abusive and destructive? Well, I guess there's there's psychological bar- barriers up in the way. And also, I didn't think I had any willpower. So I would just be like, well, I'll, I, I'm not going to exercise because I'm not. that's not me. I'm not that guy. And also, I made, you know... made a lot of hay out of making fun of those people who exercise so I was almost embarrassed to be a bit of a hypocrite at that point but once I started trying it and realizing that I didn't need to eat you know five sandwiches for lunch and that I could get through the day on a normal on a normal diet um then it just it all sort of went from there really. that was always the case though so what what happened? yeah I'd, what was the moment well i in the book i say because this was the first moment i tried to lose weight i, I got booked on a tv show uh and i thought hey let's see if i can just even if it's not for aesthetic purposes just for sort of feeling a bit fresher this is russell howard yeah. yeah and he's particularly live <laughs> So he's not great context, is he? Yeah. But Russell I mean? used to be bigger. Yeah, I know. Yeah, did. back yeah. back in the day. And he now he's like mega ripped. Yeah. Now he's like unattainably ripped. He's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would give Arnie a run for his money back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Arnie again. <laughs> You're doing so well. <laughs> I just have to keep bringing it back to, to to make sure that it was real and it really is. Yes, happen. yeah. You're and not, not dreaming, that you're Chris. disappointing guests. No, but come on, Arnie. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just jealous because we uh, we were talking to his team about having him on off menu and it never happened. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's other uh, lines of inquiry to do with the time in your life when you began to think about doing something more positive with regards to your relationship with food. Um, 
and people saying, well, that just happens to be the time when you met your partner. Mm-hmm. That's all in there as well. Isn't yes. It? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I met my wife when I was when I was a big in a bigger body, basically. Um, and a lot of people seem to. Well, the, the, a lot, what I got a lot from people was like, oh, yeah, she's lucked out. She made a good investment as if she'd seen something in me where she was like, look, he's pretty big now. But I reckon if I stick with him. It's like she'd bought a broken down house. You know, that's, that's not how it works. She, you know, she loved me then, and she loves me now, which is great. So I yeah. found, yeah, I found a good one. And you talk about the fact that um, it's funny, isn't it? Because if you are, um, if you don't look after yourself in one way, it's not perceived as being attractive necessarily. But if you don't look after yourself in another way, like if you're a bit grimy and a bit cool, yeah, yeah, then that makes you sexier. Yes. And you say, hang on a minute, what's, what's the difference between that and being a bigger guy? I'm still not looking after myself. Where's, where's the attractive, where's my attractiveness? Yeah, that was, so uh, that was, you know, back in the time of when in, indie sleaze was, uh, was very big, uh, but they were all skinny, weren't they? So they weren't looking after themselves. They, they weren't, are. they weren't, they weren't having a... <laughs> I suppose so. Um, you talk about uh, your type 1 diabetes and you talk about uh, the bumps in the road that you mm-hmm. then righted in your act. Yes. I love that bit of the book. Yeah. And it's really cool that you address that. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you? Yeah. But you didn't have to. Yeah, I think people get defensive. Comedians get defensive sometimes about writing jokes and then people contacting them and saying, that's probably not right, that joke, and that it's probably a bit upsetting for this reason. It's not, fa- it's not factually correct. People get a bit like, well, I can talk about whatever I want. Sometimes it's much easier and nicer to go, Hoik it oh, out. okay, I won't, I won't talk about that. I'll, <laughs> I'll listen to you and realise it's probably best to change that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, fa- the, the <clears throat> diagnosis uh, of your type 1 diabetes was very much down to your mum. Yes, because, yeah, my mum used to be a nurse, so she spotted all of the signs and uh, took me off to the GP. See, this is where it does get a bit memory. Yeah. It's, there's, there's bits in there. There's, no, there's, there's lots there's, there's in there. There's bits I in there. I think it's interesting. It's like, it's a sort of a tiptoeing between, yeah. I'm going to have a bit of fun here. I'll tell you this about myself. Yeah. And I'll t- I'm not sure I want to go, because you said before, as you were talking, I wasn't going to um, uh, say it straight away, but you did say, you know, I've not really lived a life. Not, that's, BS, man. Of course you have. Well, it's, you, you know, just didn't want to. Yeah, I find book, I, yeah. I think the idea of a memoir to me, uh, me writing a memoir is faintly embarrassing, right. personally. So I was like, at least we can hook it onto food and create this yummer. Yeah, but <laughs> but what's interesting is obviously clearly in the writing you did fall in love with a bit of the, the your life that you did want to talk about. Yeah. And what I found really interesting about well, the bit about your mum is, or was the fact that. I think you wanted to say thank you to her in print. Yes, absolutely. Isn't it interesting? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I love that. I, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I did because you know she's absolutely amazing, and you know even with the the diabetic stuff, she's just so supportive. And yeah, she's coming to. We're doing an event at the South Bank tonight, an interview, and she's coming to that. So I think I think she'll enjoy that. And um, what's another? This, it's really because it's really fascinating. This book, I think, when it gets real, that's when it gets me. I love the funny stuff. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I love. I, you know where I'm going with all this stuff. Yeah, now. yeah. So, so the the whole thing about you, desserts and cheese, really funny, right? Yeah. Extremely funny. If you've got room for dessert, you've not tried hard enough in the mains. Yes. That's what you say, isn't it? Completely believe that. I totally believe that. <laughs> if you are going to have a dessert, have it as a starter. Yeah. Right. I've done that. For you. Have you ever done that? I've never. Oh, done I've that. done that. Oh, mate, that is so funny. That's so funny. Um, have you ever ordered the same meal twice straight off the bat? 
I've done that a few times. I've done yeah, I've done a lot of like double ordering and just yeah, getting getting one dessert and then going yeah another. Have you ever done that with the main course? Never done that. With I've the done main that with course. a few pastas in my time. Have you? So yeah, when you when you get a really amazing pasta, when you you because really amazing pasta, you know, if you don't make it yourself or you don't have it in Italy up a mountain, costs an the more basic the dish is, yeah, it costs an absolute fortune. So if you go to Ciccone's in London for a, a what looks like. A sort of uh, something that Mama would make, quite rightly, um, which doesn't look that sophisticated at all, will be forty quid for a plate of pasta. But it's absolutely—it yeah. looks brown, it looks beige, it looks like the most uninviting food in the world. But it's absolutely gorgeous. And you go, "Can I have another one of those, yeah. please?" Yeah, can I get anything else? Yeah, can I have that again? <laughs> that, that's the best one. Anyway, back to dessert. So we get to ch- onto cheese in a minute because I know you love cheese. Um, so desserts, sometimes on the Great British menu, you have to have eight desserts at a time. Yes. So you have to insulin it right up. Yeah. What's that procedure like? Well, it's just, I've learned over the years, you pick up tips all the time as a type 1 diabetic. It's just little injections all day, just trying to stay on top of the blood glucose levels. Yeah. Inevitably, things go wrong. But I learned a few years ago, you can't, you can't expect perfection being a type 1 diabetic. Things are going to change all the time. <laughs> Although I say that as if like it's just a normal day eating eight desserts and you know you know you just can't expect perfection. You definitely can't if you're eating eight desserts. In what a day. I found really funny was sometimes you over insulin. Yeah. So you have to have more desserts yeah, than yeah. you were intended to have in the first place. I end up eating like sweets and they're <laughs> so staring eight at me desserts, going like I've not had enough sugar. Give me some. More. The crew go what? You've just eaten eight desserts, man. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, people still can't wrap their heads around that. That yeah, in between them having sweeties. Do you think um, being bigger as a kid and at school, and you talk about the fact that um, you know you, you ended up being the funny guy? Mm-hmm. Do you think in turn that it do, it made you funnier? In which case you've got this career now. Do you think that was sort of the the, the start of it all? Yeah, I think so. I think I was a naturally funny kid anyway, but um, the fact that I was bigger gave me something to sort of hook it on, and I lent into that that role, that social role at school for sure. Um, and yeah, I don't know if I would have been a comedian had I just been a sort of normal sized kid at school, yeah. like when an averagely sized kid, because I wouldn't have had to play anything up. I wouldn't have had like, I wouldn't have been that guy. Yeah. So I think it's, it's probably helped, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, drinking at school is an interesting section. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went well? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Excellent work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Vassus is fascinated by the Statue of Liberty. Well, uh, the, yeah, the Statue of Liberty is Zambuca game. Yes. Uh, I, nobody told me about this when I was at the prime age to play it. <laughs> none, of, none of his family's staff told him about this. <laughs> I also thought... How dare I, they? I thought that I was an advertiser's dream until I read about you and the voice-activated water pistol. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, so th- this was a way of illustrating the fact of an, uh, an advertiser's dream, like you say. I just thought about this thing so much. There was a water pistol. I don't know if any of you remember this. Nope. But it's been in my head since I saw that advert and since I bought the thing. You get a little headset and you shout stuff into it and it sprays it sprays water out the water pistol attached to your head. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Yeah. It's like on St. Patrick's Day and they come around from various whiskey companies and they have what looks like a knapsack on their back, but it's a tanker of whiskey. And they have a they have a pistol and they, oh, yeah, they literally give you the shots. Oh yeah, it, it wasn't quite that. I was just putting water in it. You talk about the shots, um, please, don't you as well? Yeah, shots, people. Yeah, people, people who come and demand you you have shots. <laughs> who would do that? Usually tequila. 
Is that, that you? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no idea what you're talking about. Um, I thought I was reading my diary at one point. <laughs> really, just So read you that. have the flaming Lamborghini. I've yeah. got the flaming Ferrari. Yeah, I'm so ashamed. A flaming Ferrari. I think that might be That's the why same. I don't drink anymore. <laughs> um, although when I had that, I was then sick in the bar I had it in. Oh, really? In front of the owner of the bar. Oh, yeah. No. That's like the eight shots and they set it on fire while you drink they're it. Setting it. They're setting it on fire as you're drinking it oh, and pouring in more stuff. Yeah. I, like, I like it. I mean, the whole book's great. I love it when you go into these sort of mini lists of you go yeah. off on one, don't you? Yeah, Almost yeah, yeah. the beginning of a riff. There's tangents. There's big tangents yeah. in there. What about, I mean, there's a whole cheesy chapter because it's about cheese. Yes. Who does, just reading about your cheese I've got goosebumps, right? <laughs> <laughs> reading about your cheese chapter, reading your cheese chapter in bed last night, I was like, I've got some cheese this weekend. Did you feel the same thing? I was like, why am I, why am I not eating more cheese? Why am I not eating cheese now? Because you've got to get up at four o'clock and one. I know, but I could still be eating cheese. And then, and then everybody, Ed Gamble, Ed Gamble's glutton, the multi-course life of a very greedy boy, worth buying if for just this one reason alone. What's the perfect cheese platter? Cheese board? Another piece of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Just a massive bit of cheese with a bit of cheese on top. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> che- che- yeah, that's there. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah. Cheesnius. Cheesnius. Yeah, I'm a cheesnius. Cheesney hawks. <laughs> tell us, tell us about your love of cheese. Tell us about your favourite cheese. Tell us about the best cheese in the world. Tell us about your best cheese moment. I've always, I've just always been in love with cheese. And look, this is a big argument we have an off menu all the time. I think a cheese board is a perfectly serviceable dessert, and I look forward to having a cheese board at the end of a meal. Um, just the the absolute variety in cheese as yeah. well. I, but I really like the very like like British cheeses, like proper mature cheddar, the sort the sort of cheese that makes you you start you know salivating at the back. Love it. Oh, it's so exciting! It. But for, there's amazing cheeses all over the world. There's an amazing Scottish cheese called Minger, um, which I would highly recommend. Um, there's there's so many great things. There's a great cheese shop. There's a fromagerie around the corner nice. here in Borough Market. Have you seen it? No. Oh my god, it's unbelievable! It's a it's a it's a Victorian. It might even be a Georgian shop front. So it looks like it's from a Christmas Carol or something like yeah. that. It's stunning. Double fronted, barreled windows. Amazing. Um, and all that you can see, it'll be, it's there now. We we can go after the show, <laughs> right? And all that's in it is, bar- is uh, wheels and wheels of parmesan and various things. Oh. And you just go, I, it's like got a magnetic pull to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I'm in trouble today. <laughs> I just love the, the smell of walking into a cheese oh. shop as well. It's an amazing smell, but a smell that if you walked into your house and it smelled like that, yeah. you'd be really worried. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about cheese is you've got to get it out of the fridge. It's got to be room temperature. It's got to start. It's got to start coming to meet you on the board. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. It's got to start what you mean. Yeah. flowing towards yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with things like brie and all of that. You've got oh, to... it's the best. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Oh, the cheese chapter. <laughs> Um, cheese and wine. You talk about wine quite a lot. I do talk about wine. Wine's quite interesting, a lot. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> especially when you get a few quid. Yeah. The, the, the problem is, I, again, is this is another thing. I used to make fun of these people who like wine. Yeah. And now it's all creeping up on me. Now I'm like these people who with their wines. <laughs> yeah. Now, but now I'm that guy. I'm you know, swirling the glass. I'm giving it a sniff. I'm saying I can smell black currants and milk or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't you think he's handsome? Isn't he handsome? <laughs> yeah, he's very handsome. It's in yeah. the book. The handsome's in the book, isn't it? <laughs> Did you say this to Arnie? No, of course. You know what I'm referring to. You talk about it in your book. Yes. So you lose some weight and people yeah. say, who is really handsome? Yeah. You're like, Hang on a minute. Shut up. Yeah. What, what were you thinking before? You yeah. Know, that's the that's the issue. And then you say, don't you say, people say, well, what's the best thing to say? And the answer is nothing. It's just say. I think it's just safer because I, I got a lot of, um, oh, you, you're, you're handsome now. I got that. Or you look really good now. Or you look healthy now. 
which is insulting in its own way. Or or I would get, oh no, you've lost weight. Are you are you ill? Yeah. You're like, surely there's a midpoint between yeah. those two things. The are you ill bit is really funny because you compare that with people in A and E departments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So give us that. Give us that. Yeah, I mean, you remember more about the book than I do, Chris. To be honest, um, yeah, just walking in and saying, uh, "Are you ill?" Like, no, so no, so so there's a bit, and you say it's like going to an A and E department and walking up to somebody in the A and E department saying, "I'm really sorry. I don't know what's happened to you, but I'm really sorry. I hope you get better soon." And they go, "No, I'm just here with the person I brought in." That kind of <laughs> Thing. Yeah, because um, I'd forgotten about that bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we've got a minute left. Do you want to do that? Well, I quite like the fact that there's a lot of it based in Rains Park, which is where I grew up. Did you? Yeah, my dad still is lives in Rains Park. Is there a question? No and that pub opposite the station where he used to A, work yeah. and B, spend all the salary that you used on to. Guinness. Yes, on Guinness. We'd have lock-ins and I'd drink Guinness in the pub opposite the station. Yeah, and then go to Rain's Kebab House. Mm. Yeah. There you go, shout out to Rain's Park. You say it's not ideal to socialise where you work if you work in a pub. No, it's awful. It's just got a really bleak feeling to it. If you finish work and then, like, you know, slip the uniform off and go around the other side of the <laughs> yeah. bar, it's got it doesn't feel right. And it's really weird because it happens where we live a lot in Marlow because there's 37 bars and pubs yeah, yeah. and restaurants. And so you go to your favourite pub or your bar and then you'll see the staff in between shifts having a drink at another pub and you think your initial thought is that's disloyal. But yeah. then you go, no, completely, because mm. why would you want to yeah. do it? It's yeah. Christmas holiday, isn't it? Yeah, you can't go and hang out there. Um, Ed, the book's great, man. It's out today, isn't it's it? It's out today, yeah. yeah. Ed Gamble, Glutton, The Multi-Course Life of a Very Greedy Boy. Uh, that's exactly the way I wanted it to be said, Chris. Thank um, you. Well done, mate. Thank uh, you. The, and I say, I say um, tour tickets available now, edgamble.co.uk. Is that stand-up? Is that off-menu? Is that both? Off-menu is happening at the moment, the tour, but it's pretty much sold out. Uh, the stand-up tour starts next March. <clears throat> so I've got that that show. it's called Hot Diggity Dog. <laughs> Get ready for that. Another food based thing. All right, mate. Have a great Christmas. Thank you very Will much. You be doing the cooking? Uh no, I think that'll be mum. Yeah. Mum does the cooking. All right. What's yeah. what's your what's the what's your dream Christmas dinner? Oh, just a classic, I think. But yeah. I, I all the pork based products that are supposed to be side dishes, I very much make the main. So stuffing, pigs in blankets, yeah. pile them high. Yeah, and we often sneak into the kitchen, don't we, before they're plated up and we start nibbling on them and, get, and you get shouted at screaming, yeah. quite rightly. Yeah, I think so, but yeah, just burn my mouth and all of that stuff, take the bacon off the top of the turkey, you know. All right, Ed, great to see you, man. <laughs> Lovely to see you. Well done, Ed Gamble Glutton. It's out today and it is a cracking read for so many reasons. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. It won't be like this forever, so just enjoy it while it's here. It's a really wonderful thing. And James Bay. It's about me. It's about my relationship with Lucy. It sums up so much of what went into writing this whole album. We're all works in progress. I still don't necessarily know who I am. And Depeche Mode's Dave Gahan remembering the late, great Andy Fletcher. I'll be honest with you, the first thought that came in my head was, I wish I'd been a bit kinder. Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virginradiouk.